right, we will get started and just good morning. Welcome to the new people that are visiting today and welcome Legacy City Church, our little, our little gathering here in East Bremerton. It's always good to see all you guys. Looking forward to a good morning. This morning we will be having a time of communion. So we celebrate communion in this church as an open table, an open communion. If you're a believer in Jesus, then you don't have to be a member of our particular group. We don't do that kind of stuff, do we? No, we don't do that. I think that's just pretty much Catholic. If you're Catholic, then you should not go take Orthodox. Yeah, you don't want to go touch their communion unless you've passed the test because you might get chased down by the nuns. And I have no idea what those Greek nuns might say, but I've seen pictures. <laughs> yes, there's a story. Never share things in another language that you don't know what it means. I found some Greek things that I sent to Marilyn, and she had to show me and explain to me. She said her mom would have washed her mouth out with soap if she would have used that word. Ivory, yes. <laughs> okay, guys and gals, are you ready for this morning to get launched? So as I was saying, we will have a time of communion. And just to give you all some instruction... Um, sorry, is, is everything okay? You're looking at me like, Dad, you got like ink all over your face or something? Okay, we're good. This morning, we're going to have a time of communion. And we, what we typically do in our gatherings is during worship, I will come up and I will let everyone know this is the time to go ahead and grab your communion elements. This morning, as we, once you get your your wafer and your juice, the representation of the body and blood of Jesus. Once you have those in your hand, you have a choice. You can stand up here in the front if you want, if you'd like to receive prayer. Um, Tammy and I and any others who are uh, noticing that there's more than a couple people, we will come up and just pray. We will continue to worship and stay in that atmosphere of worship, but we will also just hold those elements, hold the, the cup and the bread, hold the body and the blood of Jesus before you and before the Lord, and we will declare what he has paid for on the cross to be released into your life. So whether you need healing or you need grace and forgiveness, you need shame broken off, you need strength in your walk with Jesus, you need a breakthrough in your life, whatever it is that you need, we know that Jesus paid for it all. Anything that is broken in this world, Jesus is the one who can fix it. With God, all things are possible. So because of that, because of what he did for us on the cross, because he paid the highest price for us to have forgiveness of sins, to have healing in our bodies, to have freedom from, from the enemy, to have the miracle power of heaven come into our lives and restore things that are broken, we will take that time and we will declare what he has done and we will pull on heaven with you. If you don't end up coming up front here, you can choose just to worship the Lord. It, during that time of worship, just hold those things before the Lord and you can pray between you and him, your, heart, your heart's communication to the Lord of what you're going after. 
Maybe this morning it's just going to be, Jesus, I want more of you. I want my life, my heart to be so much more one with who you are. I want you to be king and Lord of my life. So why don't we stand up? We're going to just start the morning with some Legacy City Church declaration time, and then we're going to quickly pray, and we're going to blast off into worship. So, so good to see you guys. I'm glad you took a risk and came to be with us. So, yeah. All right. Sorry. I'm just like, okay, here we go. So with me together, guys, this morning we declare as Legacy City Church that we are high-level influencers orchestrating powerful pillars in the community, excellent stewards of his presence, releasing everlasting newness of life, exact timing of God, wonder-filled, abounding in love, joy, faith, and power, like-minded in beliefs, miracles, signs, and wonders, intimacy and authenticity, nearness to God, impossible made possible, sweet fragrance from heaven right now, training center for inner transformation, revelation-inspired messages and messengers, in over our heads, established in our identity, and success as a team. Amen. So Jesus, this morning, we come before you as a church, as your sons and daughters, as your bride this morning. We come into your presence by the blood of the Lamb. We come into your throne room, into the most holy place by the Spirit of God and by the blood of Jesus. We come to worship you. We come to experience more of your presence. We come to know the tangible presence of God this morning. We want to just delight ourselves in you. We want to lift up our, our hands to you. We want to sing and make declarations to you because you're wonderful and you're powerful and you are Lord of our lives. So this morning, we welcome you into this place, Holy Spirit. We welcome you in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Lord, we just thank you where two or more gathered, you're here, and your presence is so strong and powerful. Just thank you that your love has no beginning, no end, and it abounds, and we sense you here, Lord. Your love is so strong here. Just thank you and praise you for that. We just come before you this morning, and we want to hear whatever you have to say to us, Papa. We're surrendered. You are a sweet fragrance. Whatever you want, Lord, we're here for you. Thank you, Lord. I feel like the Lord's saying this morning that we've all been given new names. The apostles were given new names by Jesus, and some of them even got uh, surnames like Sons of Thunder. I'm sure there's a few of those around here. Um, and I feel like he wants to tell us. In, in Revelation, it talks about we have a new name that only he knew it was on a white stone. But he did name people while he was walking the earth. And I feel like there's a few of us here today that he has um, real sweet names for. And if it's okay with all of you, I'd just like to share what I think. And it's always to be discerned. Is that okay, Scott, Nami? Um, so, Lance, I just had the coolest picture. Is it okay if I share it? Oh, now I'm going to tear up because when the Lord's strong, I get really weak. But it's just because he loves us so much. 
And so when you were up here and like, this is a Holy Spirit place anyway, I feel like there's shoes to be taken off because he's so present and strong here. But I saw, I saw the Trinity. I saw the Father just wrap his, his like whole self around the top of you. And then Jesus had you like in this hug. You know when you hug somebody and you hug them right there in the middle, right by their heart. And, and then I, I saw the Holy Spirit. And I guess in Europe, Holy Spirit is shown as a, as a person, not just the dove but as a person, and I saw him, we usually see Jesus, and then the people or the paintings, you know, they're grabbing the person around, you know, the person's grabbing Jesus. I saw Jesus wrapped around your, around your legs. So you had the Trinity, and I thought, I want that. <laughs> I want that too, Lord, because he just wraps us up. The world can wrap us up and, and take its toll on us, but it was a reminder of me of how our Father, our, you know, our brother and the Holy Spirit is just wrapped around us. And it's pretty powerful. And you, sweet couple, is it okay if I tell you what I thought I heard? Are you you're new who, near here? Mom and son, is it okay? So I know you have a beautiful flowered shirt on. But I heard the Lord say, I call you little flower. And that fragrance that you carry is so sweet and so serene but it's really powerful because you can walk into the room and you can change how a room smells or feels or it's a real gift and I think some of the quieter gifts I mean we've never met but it's just if this is you know discern everything but sometimes the quieter or the calmer gifts don't always get brought out but they're still really vital it's like a a sweet fragrance and a peace that goes wherever you go because you carry that. And son, I hear the Lord say, Victor, your name is Victor. Whatever has happened or going on, or maybe you've just had a really smooth life, but he sees you as Victor. And you can bring that to people and you can share that. But that's just what I heard. So if there's anybody that wants to come up or have prayer or any that has a word that you're hearing from the Lord, I think, Marilyn, you have a testimony, but um, somebody that wants to share, line up, please. When we were um, praying this morning and just worshiping and was talking about the alabaster box, when you were up being prayed for, I had a nudge to stand behind your wife and pray family time, and I, I didn't move on it. And I closed my eyes and I opened my eyes, and Judy had, and she was standing there, and she was praying, and I came forward. And then Judy and I were just, we took communion together, and we were hugging, and it, again, it was about the alabaster box. And I saw her at Costco, and she does the samples and all of that, but I saw her samples coming out of the alabaster box. And there was such a deep, rich anointing on whatever was in the box. And as she handed them to her customers and said, oh, please try this sample or take this sample home, some of them got a jolt. It was a Holy Spirit jolt. And they would say something to her which opened the door for her to be able to testify. 
And I had that happen to me last week. I, I have a client on contract, another government employee. I, I, my ministry seems to be to get government employees saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, delivered, and still get paid for it. It's amazing. Um, so I'm at Giuseppe's in Tacoma having lunch with a manager. We're talking about a retreat that I'm going to do with her team, etc. And then all of a sudden she just said, I have to tell you something. And there's that, that touch of personalization in what she was saying and, and that kind of a, I, I got to get this out right now or I'm not going to get it out. And, and I said, bring it on. And I thought it was about me, that I needed to stop doing something or, you know what I mean? And she just blurted out and she said, I, I just got a phone call from, from, um, the oncologist, and she said, they found three masses in my breast. And she was just, you know, her lower lip was just quivering, and she was like, I'm scared to death. And I said, well, well, let's just stop right there with the fear, because there are two words that start with F, but they don't hang together. One is fear, and the other is faith. I said, you have the authority to choose which one. I said, six weeks ago, you renewed your vows to Christ. That same day, you and I walked to a parking lot next door, and we did a deliverance. I said, so tell Faith to come on in, because I'm going to tell Fear to leave. And then she just looked at me, and she said, will you pray? And I just prayed that, I said, I, uh, the two masses, the three masses, I said, I want them all to be benign. I want them all to be just fatty tissue. Oh, Lord, I said, wait a minute. I said, I want one of those three to just absolutely disappear. Because the two that are fatty masses, yay, good testimony. But the third one is a sign that's going to make somebody wonder, where did it go and why? And I said to my business partner, that will open a door for you to tell her about today's prayer. Well, then off I go. I'm enjoying life. I'm crazy about my new grandbaby. You all know that. My gosh. So I forgot all about this situation until I got a text on Monday. She said, you won't believe it. And then she said, oh, yes, you will. She said, two fatty tissues, and the third tumor is absolutely gone. If you have not bought the book on declaring, please buy the book. Because it's helped me so much to just clearly state what I want. I mean, my first prayer was, they'll all be fatty tissue. Well, that's good, as you, you know, but all of a sudden I was like, no, wait a minute. Two tissues, one gone entirely. It's not because I'm cool. It's because he is. He's the giver. It's just, what do you want to have given? So we thank you, Lord. Well, I wasn't going to share until she spoke about fear and faith. Because um, this last week at work, 
um, what happened is I have been working with this client. She's got MS and uses a walker and a scooter to get around. Well, last weekend, something happened where it just um, escalated to where she had three falls on the weekend. So I knew on Monday it was going to be a whole new normal for her, which was a great decline. So, um, and what that meant to me is no longer can she use the legs where she could walk like this before and drag one leg, she was going like this. So I knew I was going to have to move her physically from wheelchair to a chair or from her um, scooter to a chair if we needed to put her into bed or wherever. Well, a testing came, and the testing was this. She, because she had been doing it on her, on her own, she didn't have faith that I would know how, what to do or how to move her and that she'd be safe. She had fear because she hadn't had to rely on me like that before. Several times over the week in moving her, and I went from working with her one hour a day to six hours a day. And I would only leave to go take care of another person while she was napping or eating and then come back. And then her daughter would take care of her in the evening. So as the week went on and I kept saying to her, you don't have faith that I'll catch you, do you? You have fear. Well, I'm not used to doing this. So I have quite a drive from, to come to church on Sunday, so I get quite a bit of prayer time with the Lord. And so I was riding in the car and I was saying, Lord, what can I do to change the situation between me and her that she's trusting not really my abilities, but that I know how to, even if she does fall, bring her down to the floor so it's just an easy transition. She won't hurt herself. Because right now she's got bruises on both arms, on her hip, her butt, and down her legs from last weekend. So the Lord says to me, when I tell you or I talk to you about having faith in me, to what degree do you give that to me? Is you can look at her and see she's not giving you 100% faith, is she? I said, no, Lord, she's not. He says, somehow you're going to have to get her to 100% faith and not operating in fear. So he gave me a great way to think of the situation is to get her in faith that I won't, I'll be there for her, I'll catch her, and I'll even talk her through it so she'll feel safe, secure. That's just how we want to feel in the Lord. We don't want to feel fearful. We want to be talked through it, and we just have to go to the Lord. And it, in the car, I was, after I asked him the question, I was quiet a long time. And he said, when I went to the cross... I wanted you to surrender all in you. You gave me all your junk, your sin, your um, unholiness, your, all your ailments. So uh, as a result of this last week, um, I volunteered to work the weekend, and the daughter says, I don't want you to get burned out, don't come. As soon as I made that decision to take the weekend off, my back started hurting. And I said, Lord, I served her all week. Don't do this. <laughs> but he says again, do you have faith in me that you're gonna, I'm going to restore your back? Do you have faith to be healed? I said, yes, Lord. If anybody can do it, you can. 
So um, I had my husband put on some bio cream freeze this morning before I came to church. And I came in when you were worshiping and the worship was so sweet. I wasn't going to raise my hands this morning. But you know what? He let me raise my hands because he says, I want to take that back and make it whole again. You have a lot more to do for my kingdom. So ain't he great? <laughs> Thanks, Leslie. Forrest, is it okay? I think I heard something or I had pizza yesterday. It's yours to discern. Um, that's a word. Um, I heard the word habitat and I'm learning that just to sit on something like, is that you, me, you know, is that what, who, what habitat. But then I said, the Lord, what, what is that? It's like you inhabit the praises, you're a worshiper. You got a group of worshipers that you're raising. So that's you guys' legacy, good family to belong to. Like all the families in here, not playing favorites. Um, so what I heard him say was, you inhabit his praises, but you're a habitat. You are a very nourishing, safe place for people to come to, to land. Um, that's a gift. I mean, I don't know you, but I know that that's pretty, that's, that's pretty sweet and special. So you can look that one up and say, I inhabit, I'm a habiter. Smith's got something. And I'm hearing protector. I just, she's talking, I'm like, protector. It's pretty obvious. <clears throat> He's a dad. Dads are protectors. All right, here comes the Smitters. Yeah, it was very sweet this morning. Very sweet. And just from what, um, I guess what I feel like the Lord is saying to me, doing in me, is that um, he doesn't run, um, he doesn't run ahead of me. Um, you know, like when you see um, a child following their parent, you know, the parent's not blazing ahead and the child is trying to keep up. So, um I think about um, when the children of Israel were leaving Egypt, you know, they went slow enough so that the young ones and the herds could keep up. And so I, for what the Lord's doing in me is he's like, I'm not moving so far ahead of you that, um, that you can't keep up. And also he said, and if you don't want to move, he said, we're not going anywhere. So. So, and, uh, you know, I've had my moments where I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. And he's like, all right, you know, when you're ready to roll, you know, we'll, we'll start moving again. And so, um, anyways, just that he is, the, the father's faithful. And, um, you know, as we, as we're just seeking him and, um, reaching out he is providing those answers um but he's gonna he's not gonna move uh beyond where we are he's he's gonna um provide what we can take at that time so yeah god's faithful amen sister <laughs> 
I just want to say that when it talks in the Bible about working out our salvation, know that we are saved. The working out is the speaking. The, you know, are we agreeing with the devil, what the enemy is saying to us, or are we agreeing with what God says? You know, the world's way is to speak, man, my elbows hurt, my knees hurt, my legs hurt. You know, I got this headache that keeps coming back. God's way says, man, I'm healed, I'm whole. Does it happen instantly? Not all the time. But keep speaking God's word. You know, when Jesus was on his way to the, the man who approached Jesus and said, my daughter is sick and she's just about dead. So Jesus, on his way, was met by these people that said, you know, don't trouble the master, your daughter's dead. Jesus looked at the dude and he said, hey, just have faith. So he gets there and the mourners are all there. They're crying and whining, you know, doing their mourning thing. So he says, she's not dead, she just sleeps. What do they do? They quit mourning and they're all laughing at him. Like he's a stand-up comedian or something. They're like, ah! <laughs> so what do he do? He put them out of the room. That's what we need to do with the devil's word. Put it out of the room. Speak what God says. Speak, ag agree with what God says. We're supposed to be living like Adam and Eve. But because Satan came in and twisted what God said, this is where we're at. Now we have the king of glory inside of us. Speak like a, like a king and a priest. Don't be like the king that was over Daniel. And he was sorry he decreed a thing that Daniel, that anybody that wasn't going to worship him was going to die. He was sorry he made that decree. Don't be sorry in your decrees. Speak God's word. Agree with God's word. It's easy to agree with the world. But the work is agreeing with God's word. So I'd like to share my journey on uh, the song Champion. Um, uh, can you pull that back up to the chorus? Do you know which slide that is? It has the lyric, um, undefeated, every battle you've won. So the first time that I heard this song was here, maybe, what, probably five or six weeks ago. Um, and I, of course, I like the song because of the theme and the music, and it's very moving. But I had a tough time confronting how I could claim that I was undefeated with so many losses in my background, so many crushing defeats in my background. Um, and I wanted, at first I was like, well, this is kind of a but-God situation, and, and how does this apply to the room? And I was like, no, I'll, I just would like to share my journey through this song. And the, what, what faith does is it doesn't deny the existence of problems, or failures or losses, but it says, but God. In the face of a loss, I can say, but God has made me undefeated so I can stand with confidence and proud that I'm his son 
not prideful, but proud that I'm his son. So when Dave talks about the work is claiming what is ours in God, it includes this word of undefeated. And, that, and that's a strong contrast sometimes. There's a, there's a wide margin between sometimes where we feel like we're at and where God says we are at. And that faith journey takes us from one dimension to the other. So I just want to encourage you guys in that, that we all have our areas that we're like applying faith towards, um, some in health, some in relationships, some in finances. We all have it, our areas. And if you can contrast what is happening to what God says, that is applying faith to the situation. Yeah, I just want to echo what he just said. You know, we don't deny the existence of the problems. Bill Johnson says, you know, we don't deny the existence of the problem. We just deny its influence. So we get to choose whether or not we allow the circumstances to actually influence us. Yeah, I actually just was listening to a preach more recently talking about um, in situations, we can choose to be like, oh, the situation, like let the situation take over, or you can choose to say, man, I'm going through some stuff. Like, God, what, what are you, how are you going to use this in the future? How God can totally take stuff that we are going through or have gone through and use it to where we're actually helping others and teaching others how to walk through that situation or similar situation. And I thought, oh man, that's so good. Nice big golden nugget there. (laughs) I like what Graham Graham Cook, if you guys don't listen to Graham Cook, you should like YouTube him or something because that guy's, yeah. Oh man, I have so many things flooding my brain right now. Speaking of Graham Cook, we'll get back to Graham in just a second. But you know, when Marilyn's talking, after she finished, I was like, she needs to do a soaking CD because I just feel like I want to just lay back and on some carpet while she's just ministering the word. And she could just pray in tongues, pray in Greek. I don't care. I think it would be a, a really good soaking album. But anyway, back to Graham Cook. Gr- Graham Cook, um, he, he kind of talks like, you know, he's just like the Gandalf of Christianity. He just, he's got that British accent. And Graham... Graham often talks about because Jesus is in you, because Christ lives inside of you if you're a Christian, and the Bible says that your life is now wrapped up or hidden in Christ, because of that, you are the object of God's favor. And everything that comes up against you is an opportunity for an upgrade. God has an upgrade. He has a positive to respond to every negative so it's just something to think about anyway and then as uh leslie was sharing about her patient and you know the falling down and stuff the you know her trusting you i just was thinking of oscar and you know oscar he uh it's okay i'm not gonna make you stand up or anything my little seven-year-old there he's checking out all the bruises on his legs because he was determined to learn how to ride a bike and by golly, the kid did it like in a day. You know, most of our kids, 
It took a, yeah, good job, Oscar. <laughs> They're all clapping. Oh, we didn't mean to make you cry. It's good tears. Ethan's probably like, no, it only took me a day to, probably. No, it took a week. Yeah. But, but the thing is, the reason why it was highlighted to me, um, I just had to look up this scripture. You know, there's just something about being willing to take some scars, take some, take some hits for a goal, to be so convinced that God has something for you, that you're willing to sacrifice, you're willing to to beat your own body if it must be. First um, Corinthians chapter nine says, isn't it obvious that all runners on the racetrack keep on running to win, but only one gets the prize? Yet each one of you must run the race to be victorious. Just pause. Jesus is our victory. He has already won the victory. And just as Dave was saying, you know, we got to work out our salvation with fear and trembling. Our salvation is secure. It, it, we, we've received it, but we're walking it out. We're walking through the experience. So in the same way, each one of us, we, we have to walk out the victory. Each one of you must run the race to be victorious. You know, we don't just pack our bags and go hide out, wait for the rapture and... You know, that's, that's not victory. That doesn't look like victory. A true athlete will be disciplined in every respect, practicing constant self-control. So that's what Oscar was doing over the last day, practicing constant self-control in order to win the laurel wreath that quickly withers. But we run our race to win a victor's crown that will last forever. For that reason, I don't run just for exercise, not that exercise is bad, or box, like one throwing aimless punches, but I train, I train like a champion athlete. I subdue my body and get it under my control so that after preaching the good news to others, I myself won't be disqualified. That is a godly fruit. The fruit, you know, we love the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, goodness, but what about that last one? And self-control. Oh, man, the others might seem so easy, but, you know, actually the fruit of the Spirit is yours. It is yours because the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. He, he's the full package. He's the full meal deal. He has everything we need. So it's just that, that working it out, that, that pressing into him. Did I pause or did I finish it? Oh, yeah, so that after preaching to others, I might not be disqualified. Yeah, self-control. There's just, it's, it's good godly fruit. It's Holy Spirit fruit, self-control. I want to cuss. I want to drop a bomb at someone on the street who cut me off or whatever. But I have a choice. I have a choice to hold my tongue. I have a, a choice to not speak. Smiths are, are wordsmiths, and they're really crafty at at knowing how to use their words, not not the witchy, crafty type. type. You know, they're they're craftsmen, craftswoman and man. They're crafters of words. They're wordsmiths. And so, you know, you guys have gotten that down, and and we're thankful for that. And we're all just in that process. God is rewiring us. He's rewiring. He's renewing our thinking so that we become a kingdom-minded people. 
we become an apostolic prophetic people, which I'm going to try to go into a little bit, but we probably won't get very far today. This was way better than me preaching for 40 minutes, just, you know, you guys bringing all of the good stuff to the table. So let me see what I got here. I'm pretty sure we have a, a word or two. <clears throat> Anytime we get somebody that's visiting for their first time, I just, I, I really want to know if, you know, I want to hear if God has something. You guys are so easy to hear the Lord on. Like, just just looking at you walking in, it's, it's immediate, just the grace and the goodness of God all over mom and all over son. And I'm, I'm guessing your wife is just as, filled with the joy of the Lord as you guys are. But I see it. I see your lives marked with joy. It's not just you're happy. Like you carry the joy of the Lord and that is your strength. I felt the spirit on that. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Don't ever be ashamed at how joyful you are because even in the middle of dark times, the joy of the Lord is your strength. It is your compass. So anyway, I was just thinking, uh, I usually look up names. So Ellie, your name means God is your light. Light and God, God is your light. And it's just so, so evident. So we just want to call that out. We see the gold of heaven in your life. You carry a legacy, uh, a heritage of walking with Jesus. And the fruit of it is so strong and so evident. And you are marked with joy and you're, your joy and the goodness of God that you carry, it just emanates from who you are. I see it in your eyes. I see it in your smile. I see it just in your stature. You are one who carries the light of God. So we just bless that. We bless that intensely. And no, you ain't going to take this microphone. You can come up here, but you can't have it yet. (laughs) You had your soaking session. Okay, okay. Your, your name in Greek, Ellie, is Elpida, and Elpida means the faithful one. Elpida. Mm, that's good. Just teasing her. <laughs> Elpida. That's a good word. Faithful. And Craig, you know, I've never looked up the name Craig before. I had no idea. It's, it comes from the same name as Peter, which means rock. So your name, I don't know if you've ever looked at it. Did you know that? Your name means rock. And I was just like, God, what is it about his name? Because you, you like have received, I think, from your mother. She's been walking with the Lord since you can remember. Is that true? Later on in life? Okay. Well, either way, I just, it, it, to me, it looks like a rich legacy of walking with God. So whatever he has done in a short amount of time, it looks like a a lifetime. But I just see a lot of your mom in you, probably because, you know, it's your mom and you, you resemble her. But I see the joy of the Lord marked on your life too. And I just thought, so, so Craig means rock. I'm just, let me read a couple things that I typed up real quick. So I believe he's giving, he's giving you and your family heavenly perspective of walking in authority. There's something about walking in the authority like a rock standing firm on the authority of the word of God. So I I saw that and then I, I heard righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
That is what the kingdom of heaven is. The Bible tells us in Romans 14, the kingdom of heaven is not about eating and drinking it, but it's about righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And I see that. You, you have solid character and a firm foundation. And I just felt like he said he's pleased with how you represent him for both of you. So the Lord is pleased with how you represent him. So we just bless you with that. We just want to give you a little word of encouragement as a church. Um, yeah. Is everybody doing good? There was other stuff too. And I was, man, <clears throat> this, this week, this morning, uh, there's just a smorgasbord. There's like a feast of things um, that we could just go into. But I guess to kind of, begin with a foundation of maybe what we could share a little bit on this morning is, is just kind of reflecting back over the last months, you know, what God has been doing, what God has been, been revealing and, and uh, massaging into us as a church through, through our own sharing as a house and as people like John Carney and Galen have been here. Um, just, did you guys enjoy those guys, the Carneys and the Gingriches over the last month and a half? It's just such good stuff. It's just such an adding to. It's like building bricks of what God is doing. And so I felt like this morning as I was waking up, as I laid, laid there kind of trying to sleep, and I, just, I think that's when he starts to speak to me because my brain isn't talking yet. And I just felt like the whole theme of what we call ourselves, um, not Legacy City Church, but we call ourselves an apostolic prophetic foundation church. Those are words that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Like a lot of churches to some people, apostolic means women wear your hair in a bun and you're only allowed to wear dresses down to your ankles, no jewelry. So that, that's not the kind of apostolic we're talking about. You know, we're, we're talking about Jesus who is our chief apostle and what he came to do, and what the word apostle actually means. I, I guess I do have a couple slides. Let's see here. I'm going to have Ethan bouncing around because we're just going to, this is like a, a buffet this morning, so you guys can bear with me. We're a little church. It's not like we're going to offend half the church and they're all going to leave tomorrow or next week. So um, let's see. Slide number six. Let's just look at that. There it is. So the word apostle, as most people know or have heard it at least some point in the church, apostle means sent one. You know, you have the 12 apostles, you have Paul the apostle, and they, they didn't use that as a title. That wasn't like, hi, I'm Apostle Paul. We call him that, but it, it, was, not a, it was not meant to be a title. It's a, an anointing and it's an office in the kingdom. The Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 4 that Christ, when he ascended on high, he gave gifts. He gave gifts to the church. Uh, he, uh, Ephesians 4.11. Ephesians 4.11 says, when, when Christ ascended on high, he gave gifts to men. He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers to equip the saints for works of ministry. That's a real common verse in our church and in our stream that we're a part of because we, 
we believe that the place, the office of apostle and prophet are valid for today, as well as evangelists and pastors and teachers. Now, in most of Christian churches, all we know is pastor. Pastor this, pastor that. My pastor's a teacher. He teaches and he pastors. Sometimes he preaches and he gets a little fire and brimstone-ish. Whatever. But pastor is not a title and it is not, it was never meant by God to be the main functioning gift in the church. So in our stream and in our movement, we've recognized, wow, a pastor is mentioned only one time in the New Testament. So what about these other offices of ministry that are meant to equip the rest of us for works of ministry? Pastors make us pastoral. Teachers make us able to teach and teachable. Evangelists, their gifting, their anointing should give you a heart to go win souls, to have the heart of an evangelist. There's an anointing for that. Apostles and prophets have an anointing too. We know prophet typically means someone who hears the voice of God, they hear the word of the Lord, and they speak it forth. Oftentimes it's foretelling, sometimes it's forthtelling. Either way, a prophet has the ability to hear. They have a keen sense of hearing the voice of God. And in a prophetic anointing, the saints, which is you guys, that's me, that's you, we are the saints of God, all on an equal plane field. We all, under that anointing of, of the prophetic, we get to hear the voice of God ourselves. In fact, Jesus said, my sheep will know my voice and they won't follow after a stranger. And if you look through the book of Acts, we're not going to go through it this morning because there's just not time for that. You'll see over and over and over how as we read their, their history in the book of Acts that the Holy Spirit said, the Holy Spirit said, then they heard the Spirit of the Lord say, the believers in the early church were constantly hearing the leading and direction of the Holy Spirit. You and I, Jesus said, might have been the Apostle Paul, actually, that we should be led by the Spirit, that those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God. Those who are led by the Spirit of God are no longer under the law. We want to be a people that are led by the Spirit of God. We want the Word of God. We need the Bible, the written Word, which is the Logos Word. But we also need the Rhema Word, which is the Word of God that we hear. The only way you can know that what you're hearing is truly the word of God, the rhema word of God, is to get the written word of God inside of you. The written word of God is the plumb line. It is the grid for, for weighing and discerning what is truly biblical or what is truly from God. Now, you may not, I may hear the Lord say something like, I see, you know, your name means rock. Well, the Bible doesn't tell me that Craig's name means rock, but I know based on what I was hearing God say that it, it doesn't cut against Scripture. And there's, there's freedom, there's freedom within the boundary lines of Scripture to explore the, the verbiage, to explore the ways we can communicate the heart of God. Does that make sense? Okay, I don't want to go too far down that. Do you want to? So as an apostolic prophetic people, the prophetic, the gift of the prophet to the church, 
trains and equips the saints to hear the voice of God and not just to hear his voice, but to know what is his heart to share because it's easy to discern and get words of knowledge for the junk, for the dirt in people's lives. It's not as easy because it's, you, it's, it's not, it is easy actually if you're relying on the Spirit, but if you're not relying on the Holy Spirit and you don't have the heart of the Father and you're not flowing in the, lo- the love of God, then it's, it's harder to see the gold that God is trying to call out of somebody. Does that make sense? It's easy to see the dirt if you're just operating in your flesh. You know, God gives his gifts and his anointings. You can hear God, and it's pretty obvious. You could walk down the street and say, oh, man, that person, possibly a homeless person or something, you know, they, they have a problem that, you know, there is bondage. I don't need to go up to them and say, the Lord's telling me that you're in bondage to your drug addiction and that you need to get set free. He already knows that. But what he doesn't know is that before God says, before you were formed within your mother's womb, he knew you. He knit you together in there. He was, he was speaking destiny and life and hope and a future into your little body. And what, what, what the devil has brought into your life through your own choices and through the, through the sins of others, God wants to undo that. He wants to undo it and bring life and hope. That is what the prophetic would do. So the apostle, this is probably the one that can be the hardest one for us to wrap our minds around, possibly. I, I feel like it's a word that I'm still learning about. It's an anointing. It's, a, it's an office in the church that I'm still learning about. I knew it meant sent one because the apostles were sent. You know, so it's pretty much in your Bible, I think. It'll tell you what apostle means in the footnotes. So it's also, a, it comes from a Greek word, apostolos used to describe an envoy who was sent by Rome to culturize a conquered territory, to create a home away from home. An apostolic people influence and shape the culture. So in other words, the, the word apostle was never used in the Old Testament. We had prophets, we had priests, we had kings, we did not have apostles. That word apostle came in the New Testament in the Roman culture when they wanted to spread the domain of Rome and they sent their soldiers, they sent their, their delegates into these new territories and they wanted to culturize that place to make it like Rome. Jesus Christ is our chief apostle. I think it's Hebrews 12, but I can't remember. But I think it's Hebrews 2, I believe, says that Jesus is our, he is our chief apostle. Jesus Christ came to bring heaven into earth. Now, we know he came to die for our sins. He came to go to the cross to reconcile you and me and the world to the Father. We know that. The reason for the cross was to take care of the the issue of sin. But it didn't stop there. The whole ministry and life of Jesus, we know, was about destroying the works of the devil. Let me see what I got here. Boy, this is tough because I just have so many different little things here that we could pick from. But I'm probably not going to go a whole lot, whole lot longer. Let's go ahead and look at slide number 12. 
Is it a blank slide? Oh, you know what? That's probably one of those ones that had those little timer dots on it. Maybe click the arrows on the keyboard and see if it'll come up. No, it's not going to work. Well, here, I'm just going to go over there and read it from the screen because <laughs> it's really that good. So do that and then let's hit, that was the first one, right? Oh, 11. That's okay. Well, basically this is what it says. An apostolic prophetic environment and culture. Worship and supernatural activity are the priorities in the environment and lifestyle of the saints because God's presence is our top priority. The saints are sent, as Jesus was, to destroy the works of the devil, including disease, sickness, and affliction. The saints live to demonstrate to all people on earth that God is always the good guy and the devil is always the bad guy. So Jesus came to set captives free. He came to reconcile us to the Father. He came to take away our sin and our shame. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That is the number one obstacle in all of our lives is that our sin issue, our sin debt, the, the hurdle of sin was wiped out of the way because Jesus went to the cross and he blotted it out. He took care of your, your issue, your debt of sin. That was the, the primary number one work of the cross was to make an atonement Galen brought back that word last week, the propitiation. Jesus made the, the cross that Jesus suffered on in his blood made propitiation. It basically was a covering, an atonement to blot out, to cover your sin. So that the deal, the issue of sin is no longer something that we need to be concerned about. Doesn't mean that we go ahead and do whatever we want, but God is not concerned about what he considers part of the dead man part of the dead, crucified nature. Like the Apostle Paul said, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But now it is Christ who lives in me. So God is not focused on propping up the dead man, propping up that, that person of who you are that was crucified. And when you do something out of a habit or a pattern that came from the dead person that you once were, even though it might feel like it's who you are now, if you're in Christ, we reckon, we consider the, the old man dead. We consider ourselves dead to sin and alive unto God through Christ. So it's important for us to continually reckon the dead man dead. And when a sin happens, because sin happens, we need to put that thing down there and we need to move forward with God. We need to, we need to declare we need to confess, okay? We don't need to get forgiven all over again because where forgiveness of sins has happened, there now is no longer any sacrifice for sins left. You have been forgiven of your sins once and for all. Your sins have been blotted out, past, present, and future. That is the, the good news of the gospel. But now we're not to be sin-focused we are to be new identity focused. We are be, to be focused on the new nature that God has given us. That is our inheritance and that is what the cross paid for. So he paid for sin to be wiped out so that you're no longer struggling with the dead, 
man dragging around the dead body you know, everywhere you go. Just keep him in the grave. Just bury him in the baptism water. You know, he, he needs to stay dead. We don't want to focus on him. Where was I going to go from there? But the, but the new identity... Yes, Jesus paid for the dead man to be crucified with him on the cross and he rose from the dead so that you and I could be resurrected into a new life in, in Christ. His resurrection is our resurrection and that is the hope of heaven as well. Now, a lot of Christians move past the present and they just look for the resurrection once I'm dead. You know, Once I get rid of this body that's just falling apart, because, you know, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. My body's sick and, and, you know, everything's going south. But, you know, thank God I'll be resurrected someday. But Jesus came to give us life, life abundantly. He came that we would rule and reign in life as kings and priests. I do have that verse up there somewhere. Maybe. I don't know. I think we're just going to just preach and we'll just forget the notes. <laughs> I think part of our journey that we're on is learning that that time, learning to shorten that time between messing up and getting back up. Like, shorten it. Yeah, I messed up. Who cares? Let's move on. Like, it, we need to learn to shorten that. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That is a sign of maturity. When we fall down, we get up. I think it's somewhere in Proverbs it says, the righteous man will fall down seven times, but he gets back up. We have a choice to be a victim or we have a choice to learn and move forward and, yeah, and grow. That's good. Yeah, the grace of God enables us to grow. We need the grace of God to grow. Grace is not a light. I mean, you guys can read the whole book of Romans and chew through it on your own. It speaks so much about the condition of the human when it, regarding the sinful nature, what the power of the cross has done, and the new life we have in Christ. One of these Sundays, I think I might just, just, just chew away slowly through Romans chapter 8 because it's, that's like the pinnacle of the book. It's like the, the, the best part of the book is the good news. Chapter 7, not so good news. I do what I don't want to do, and what I don't want to do, I do. What's becoming of me, oh wretched man that I am? But praise be to God, the chapter ends. Then we start Romans 8, 1. For now, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Yeah. Jesus wanted to deal with that so that we could live the new life in the new nature that he has paid the price for us. He has given you a new name. He has given you a new identity. God is focused on us being becoming more and more like Jesus. So what does this have to do with apostolic and prophetic? I just had this sense, you know, I was delivering mail this week and honestly, it was a really heavy week at work with working late hours, but God was really showing up in some, what's the word, that Hebrew word for the glory? The kab, it looks like it would be pronounced kabod, kabod, but it's not pronounced that way. I was feeling heavy, like the weight of the presence of God this week. That is for you too, by the way. You have permission from God, not from me, from God, to know him. He wants you to know him. He wants you to hear his voice. He wants you to sense and know the presence of God. The nearness of God is my good. 
It is my good. To, to, to have that constant reminder that you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of God lives in you and he wants to communicate with you. I'm learning that a lot of the, the things that I thought was just my own thoughts, he's talking all the time. He's speaking to us all the time. There's three voices at work all, at all times. Your own thoughts, the devil, and God. You get to have fun figuring out who's who. It's pretty easy to figure out who's God and who's not. The devil, he comes to kill, steal, and destroy. He comes to tear down anything good and just bombard you with the negative. To tell you that your circumstances define who you are. That your weakest moment defines who you are. And the Holy Spirit comes to call the gold out. There is one little thing. uh, Let's see, which slide is it? Let's put that up there. Slide number 14. Unless it's on a timer as well, then we're not going to see that one either. Oh, there we go. So the gift of prophecy is for the purpose of edification, exhortation, and consolation. In other words, oh, can you go back to that? Was it on a timer? Or did you click? Anyway, so 1 Corinthians 14.3. That is the purpose of, of the prophetic. That is the purpose of God's gift for giving someone the anointing to hear the voice of God and to declare what God has spoken. It's to build up, it's to call near, and to cheer up. To build up, call up, and cheer up. If somebody wants to give you a prophetic word that is just calling out your dirt, walk away. Especially if you already know. Now, maybe God's trying to tell you, you know, that, hey, look, this is something you need to deal with. It's so obvious that even the prophets are calling it out. But the prophetic should not be focused on calling out the dirt because that's not going to build them up. Now, if someone does give a prophetic word that, that does touch the dirt, people typically won't mind if you touch their dirt as long as they know you're looking for the gold. So if they know your heart is for them, to call them up higher, to call them into the good things that God has for them, that God has put in them, things that are being sullied by, by the dirt that's on the surface, then they probably won't mind you touching it, addressing it. I don't know. You'll have to find that out when you go talk to someone. So I just had this, this sense while I was delivering mail, just the presence of God was, was he's just being good and loving on me, just uh, carrying me, giving me free air conditioning. I don't know if you get Holy Spirit air conditioning. When it's hot in that postal truck, I'm a mailman, by the way, so that's, that's my bread and butter. So when I'm in that little uh, convection oven postal truck, you know, it gets really hot in there and the fan just blows the hot air around and I slowly cook. And then the presence of God comes and it's like, it's like the goosebumps that are on goosebumps. I mean, it's just like, whew, and I feel this coolness. I'm like, thank you, Lord. So he, he's just so good. And he wants to show you his presence in the way he speaks to you too. Uh, but in, the, in that time this week, I just was reminded of who we're becoming. We are becoming this apostolic people. We are becoming this people who, who God is giving us insight and revelation into what, what it is in heaven that we need to bring into earth. Or another way to say it, the perspective of heaven, the way heaven sees things is becoming the way we see things. 
our minds are being renewed. We are experiencing a transformation of the renewing of our minds. And so don't be surprised that your language is changing. That was a prophetic word, I think, for 2018. New language that people would have, that we would be speaking in a new way. As we renew ourselves with the word of God and we are receiving revelation on what God's heart is for us, that we would be a kingdom people, a people that see from the heavenly perspective. The Bible says that we are seated with Christ right now in heavenly places. You and I have dual citizenship. We're walking on the earth and at the same time we are seated in heavenly places. So at any moment when we need to know heaven's perspective, we're already there, we're seated there. Just lean into Jesus and say, Jesus, this just does not look good, but what do you think? What do you see? What do you think about this situation? What do you think about that mass that my dad has that needs to get removed? What does Jesus say? Piece of cake. Piece of cake. That caused it or not? <laughs> no, I'm teasing. Teasing. Yeah, piece of cake. I heard just in my own mind, but I know it's God. I've got this. He's got this. And if there's something to press into, if there's something to go after, if there's a different way to pray, he's going to show us. But he's got this. So, yes. I think let's just stand up. We've gone long enough. Do you want your phone? Okay, Tammy's going to read a scripture. Yeah. So this kind of fits in. You can put it in however you want. But it's... um, 1 Corinthians 2, um, verse 9, is talking about wisdom from God. And it says, this is why the scriptures say, things never discovered or heard of before, things beyond our ability to imagine. These are the many things God has in store for all his lovers. So this week, discover what you've not heard of before, things that are beyond your ability. Just press into God and ask him. So this was one of the scriptures that I just was in the arsenal this morning, but we never went into it. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of people will quote that first part that Tammy uh, read in different translations. You know, it says, "Who has known? You know, no no eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has in store." And then it continues on. It says, "But we have the mind of Christ." God unveils these profound realities to us by the Spirit. Yes, he has revealed to us his inmost heart and deepest mysteries through the Holy Spirit who constantly explores all things. After all, who can really see into a person's heart and know his hidden impulses except for that person's spirit? So it is with God. His thoughts and secrets are only fully understood by the Spirit, the Spirit of God. For we did not receive the spirit of this world, but the or excuse me, we did not receive the spirit of this world system, but the spirit of God, so that we might come to understand and experience all that grace has lavished upon us. And we articulate these realities with the words imparted to us by the spirit, not with words taught by human wisdom. We join together 
Spirit-revealed truth with Spirit-revealed words. For who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord Yahweh well enough to become his counselor? Christ has, and we possess Christ's perceptions. We have the mind of Christ. We have the brilliant one taking up residence within us. We have the spirit of the living God releasing life right now into your physical mortal body. Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will lead you and guide you into all truth. You don't even need a teacher. He will teach you all things, and the anointing that you have received will teach you all things. So this, this afternoon, Father God, we just thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, we thank you that you went to the cross to pay the highest ultimate price that we could have forgiveness of sins, that our sin nature would be crucified, dead, and buried. United with you on the cross, we thank you this morning that you took each of our sinful nature, the dead sinful nature, and you nailed it to the cross when you went to the cross. You became sin for us. You who had no sin, the Lamb of God, spotless, without blame, and without blemish, you chose to offer yourself as a sacrifice. You became sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. We thank you this, this afternoon that you did that for us, that you have given us a hope and a future, that you've given us new life by your Spirit. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you, you deal with us in such a loving, grace, graceful, gracious way, that you don't treat us as our sins deserve, but you're patient with us and you're kind and you're constantly propping us back up when we fall. You are Father God, a good father. You are so faithful and patient to us. You never give up on your sons and daughters. We thank you for your, your persistence of going after us, each one of us. In our weakest moments, you're always, always calling us higher. And we thank you for that. We thank you that if God is for us, who can be against us? There's nothing. There's no angel, nor demon, nor present nor future nor nothing in all creation that could separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. So we do recognize in that passage, Lord, that you left out the word past, that the past, that's that one thing. So this morning or this afternoon, we just say, Father, we turn our backs on the past and we fix our eyes straight upon King Jesus this afternoon. We fix our eyes on you and we say we are ready to move forward with you. We are ready to be led by your spirit and, be, and to keep in step with you, Holy Spirit. So we thank you for what you're doing in us and we just release your grace and your peace in the name of Jesus Christ, our King. Amen. Amen. What's that? Double amen.